Liberation is uh, dependent on many things. Uh, so just the alleviation of the jitters, stuck states, where it gets locked in, into obsessive thinking or difficult emotions or unskillful drives. It's just kind of locked in. Uh, and so practicing with our embodied awareness, just beginning to use embodied practices to use the body to uh, and, and getting the body's energies to begin to uh, experience a flexibility. You know, so we're breathing in and out, it's very, ideally it's a flexible experience, something flowing. You know, and that aspect, I think, is much more important than any particular detail of, of a breath, but the fluidity of the of the breathing experience. It's just even the tissues of your body moving. You know, it doesn't really matter because it's not air that we're looking at, we're experiencing, but this fluidity that's keeping us alive. So if you, you're just contemplating the movement of tissues, feeling those, change of pressure from the chest to the abdomen, and then you know picking that up and relaxing to experience something more subtle, suffusive. And what this does is you're training attention itself to be a more supple and open and. Uh, uh, sympathetic process. It's not just riveting things down to object awareness, but it's handling like a like a hand that can flex in accordance with what it's holding or being affected by. Walking similarly Some of these rigidities and fixations can be freed up. And we can experience the, the chitta as a, a sort of as a sympathetic awareness, an awareness around a particular state of some kind. States flow through it. States flow over it. Certainly, you know. It can get locked in those. You recognize that. It tells you, okay, go back to a quality that you can experience as fluid. And that's this ability to turn the chitta, turn attention. This is the using the mano. Mind organ skillfully, turn attention to something that's fluid, flowing, comfortable. And the chitta will turn, turn it again. And it's not quite the same as placing it on an object exactly, it's a, 
It's more like a turning and opening and receiving. One of the most useful, this is, a, this is a liberation. Liberation means it free from being stuck in particular states. It's not a final liberation, but it is a liberation to realize the chitta is, isn't just these series of states or doesn't have to be locked into anything. One of the most skillful and recommended uh, turnings is turning the chitta towards its own sympathetic qualities, these are, which can become these uh, measureless states. Metta, karuna, mudito, peka. And these are. Uh, Beautiful opportunities because again they're not they're not fixed objects, they're qualities that whose nature is to be suffusive as an experience. And I think it's important to remember that although we do uh, appreciate these qualities as principles, they value them and wish to develop them. Uh, that's only the principles. It's just a way of translating them. You know, you can refer to them as principles, but actually they're not. They're not ideas. They're energies, heart energies that you can label like this. They're heart energies. And energy is not a fixed thing. It's a flowing thing. And these are the nature of the chitta's sympathetic awareness when it's turned towards in particular directions particular themes theme of uh, that which we feel uh, warmed by we find something we uh, want to give a, something that causes the heart to open to not to be sympathetic to be really quite open more full than just sympathy wants to give something this is the metta kindness and it's a, a amplification the recognition that there are other beings <laughs> alive, sensitive, uh, and that, that you know, how beautiful. How beautiful that is. Metta is said to, as a quality, 
when it's developed, is said to lead to the, the sphere of the beautiful, the domain of the beautiful. That's its culmination. There's a sense of the great mysterious beauty. There is such a thing as sentiency. There are sentient beings. Because you get so used to it, and we, you know, we go to the particular, you know, defining this this person, that person, this creature, that creature. This one's ugly. This one's pretty. This one's weird. This one's evil, and so forth. But just acknowledging the sentiency in creatures, sensitivities, and then you pick. You select qualities you find endearing. Your heart easily opens to. You turn towards a quality your heart easily opens to in another being. Most people find dogs a pretty good way to begin practice. We love dogs, they're dogs. And when you look at it and you think about it, well, it's kind of, yeah, but actually, well, why? <laughs> why more than, why do we like them more than humans? <laughs> uh, it's a very simple relationship. <laughs> strong but very strong bonding dogs uh, very strong bond they have strong bonding capacities and it's a very simple relationship and, uh, and it's easy they receive affection very easily they're not weird and complicated <laughs> kind of <laughs> defensive or suspicious they just they just so it's very easy to bestow it on them. And they like it, and they bestow it back. You think, wow. <laughs> Much easier than humans. <laughs> uh, so you pick up that. And then you might pick up it's some kind of doggy quality in a, in a human being. That you <laughs> Take that quality to see it in others. And... and uh, the way they are is rather magical and mysterious you pick that quality up and you realise just by doing this you're freeing yourself from the measuring, judging mind the mano so these are measureless states the mind is saying well she's okay but she does this and that you know she's not kind of doing a a personality profile, whether they deserve it, how much they deserve it, whether it's a waste of time heaping your metta on them, (laughs) better than put it somewhere else, get more root. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is too tough, this one's a tough one to get any metta going for. No, it's it's not not the identity. You know, but your own, just freeing your own heart is what it's about. 
it's really not about bonding so much as just freeing your heart from that, you know, measuring, comparing, judgment mind. So it's very useful. You start with something that's easy and then you work towards people who are a bit more complex, uh, even difficult. And then you try to find somewhere where that metta quality becomes a vihara. You abide in it. And then you can invite. You've got that quality. You can feel that quality. Then you invite other beings in there, you know, invite them in. You invite in that which you can invite in. You gradually you get more able to in, invite other qualities in that you don't particularly enjoy or relish, but you're not going to get into anger and irritation around, and ill will around. Then your vihara becomes very strong. It's easy to like and feel good about the lovable, but to not be shaken by your will is more important. So your vihara becomes strong. Your heart is not cramped, mean, calculating, free from that blemish. Karuna, removing the insensitivity, callous, recognizing the vulnerability of, of creatures, beings. They're not just physically vulnerable, they're psychologically vulnerable. Humans, they get corrupted and defective and Addicted and annoying. Do you recognize this is a being with damage or wounded, or you keep that quality there? Karuna, compassion, which wishes to or inclines towards removing pain, suffering, rather than complaining about people's stuff, you think how could, you know, feel a sense of compassion for their difficulties. It shifts things, turns things around. And again, your vihara becomes strong, and we can then experience this towards our own shortcomings and um, inadequacies, removing the measuring mind, instead establishing a good vihara for the citta to dwell in, so it never loses, never shuts down on its sympathy. And this in the long run is going to pay off.
Mudita, also essential, the ability to enjoy, appreciate, be gladdened, be touched with a sense of happiness, that, that which is skillful in oneself or in others. So rather than removes, particularly removes the hindrance of jealousy, she's better than I am, or she gets all the attention or the praise or the whatever, you know, then you feel left out, miserable, little, small. But then you take take the person out of it. Sense, uh, you know, so taking the person out of it. There are good qualities here that whoever has them, in a way, it doesn't really matter because if you're witnessing them arise and you're joining in with it, then you, in a way, are are actually participating in that. So you're getting the benefit of other people's good deeds, which is great. Doesn't mean you don't have to do your own, but it's nice when you just tune into somebody else's good stuff and feel happy about it. There is this that happens. And may they enjoy, and I can enjoy, too. Even in a time in in a day when you select in terms of your own day or your own practice or your period of a week or so on a retreat, yeah, these, these unskillful things have waned, distressing conditions have passed, uh, beneficial qualities have arisen, linger in them, make much of them, enjoy. Then they will, jitta is feeding itself. And if it doesn't feed itself, it gets strained. So it's very important to to experience this mudita quality and practice it. As we can generally fairly easily gravitate to what's wrong with ourselves, or what isn't accomplished, or instead to orient to what is worthy to any degree. Is clarity, integrity, keeping precepts is huge and and rare. And the benefits of that for oneself and for others. So these aren't just ideas, you try to notice those skillful qualities and their nourishing capacity and drink it in. And these, these, they're magnified by that. And the fruitions of these, with karuna, it's the fruition of it is, is boundless space. There's no resistance to anything. Difficulties are not, instead of resisting to them, they unpleasant and difficult, the mind doesn't resist, it opens. And so the cultivation of that quality as an energy 
as a quality. It's called this, the sphere of measureless, boundless space. What is it that we, you know, so what do we resist? What do we find ourselves, you know, banging up against? Complaining about? Instead you begin to wrap around that which is difficult. Ease the resistances and the agitation. And they begin to dissolve. Or Gita is called uh, measureless consciousness. Which means your your awareness is no longer located in, in some personal entity. Like me. It's, it's, it's a shared experience, it's the we experience. So it's free of that measure of the limited self-consciousness. You know, Beka is the recognition everything shifts and changes. Agreeable, disagreeable, struggles, karma. And it's all shifting and changing. We don't lock onto any of it. There's fixed, finite result. It's the ability to live without a result, <laughs> without asking for a result, without making a result, without signing off. It's to stay open through the shifts and changes, sympathetic to it, not taking up a position. Mm. It's a very embracing, all-embracing quality. We don't get so dejected, agitated, despairing, or elated and proud, or feeling we conquered things, or anything. It's just change, shift. This is said to lead to the sphere of no thing. Nothing is final, nothing is fixed. It's all just fluidities. This is a very expansive and serene abiding and to build this vihara to let this vihara grow a lot of patience a lot of patience is needed a lot of patience that's the foundation of it an acknowledgement none of this is self So let's take some time for direct practice. So take a half hour. So any of these themes that seem relevant, you can make it quite specific, particular people in your life that uh, you want to invite into your vihara um, and begin to transform how we experience beings in a more measureless, uh, unwavering way. <laughs>